It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Podcast Network, I'm Dana Perino and everything will be okay. Welcome back to the season finale of Everything Will Be Okay. This week, I'm joined by a phenomenal businessman, mentor, and human being. And I'm not just saying that because he's my husband. Peter McMahon and I met on August 17th, 1997. And we got married a year later. So we've been together a long time. And he's definitely my best friend and my best guide. And everything that I've accomplished would not have been possible if we weren't together. So I wanted to have a chance for you to hear from him. Um, And so you listen to Peter McMahon and also a a special guest that joined us in addition to him, also a family member, and it is not a furry one named Percy. This season went by very fast. I loved every moment of it. I had a chance to speak with people here at Fox News, which I know that you all loved. We had New York Times bestselling authors. We had um, military people. We had renowned journalists, uh, beauty gurus, and some of my very dear friends and the co-founders of Minute Mentoring. So it was fabulous. It brought me a lot of joy, and I know it gave all of you the gift of invaluable life and career advice. Peter, welcome. This is not your first time on a podcast. I know you actually would like to have your own podcast one of these days. Well, maybe, if you ask me nicely. What? Well, it's not up to me. I think it's a good idea. What do you want to talk about on your podcast? The interesting discoveries one makes when coming to live in the United States from the UK. As I believe it was George Bernard Shaw once said, two countries divided by a common language. And it's amazing how many differences there are. And uh, even to this day, occasionally, Dana and I have a little bit of a dispute because there's been a misunderstanding. Yeah, do you remember that one about the fury and then the furor? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, let me back up. Okay, to cause a there was a, to cause a furor. A fur. <laughs> Ferrore or Ferrari. But you said well, Ferrari. I think I did, and I think that's the pronunciation. And it caused a Ferrari, and I was yes. like, what's a Ferrari? I've never heard that in my life. Well, and you had a, me say the word, and the way I said it, you said, you can't say that. <laughs> well, what you said sounded like what a dog has, you know, Ferrari. <laughs> no, you said what it sounded like was like the Fuhrer. Oh, the Fuhrer. Oh, that's right. The Fuhrer. That's no, no, no. Good job this doesn't go out in Germany. Right. But honestly, Peter, Fiori, nobody in America has ever said that. Like, wow, that caused a real Ferrari. Nobody in the nobody in America has ever, ever said that. It's like schedule. That's the worst word. Uh, Dana, Dana cannot stand It's like schedule. nails on a chalkboard, that word. Uh, didn't you learn that in shul? No. When did you learn to drop the U in words like color and honor? Well, we say it the same, color and honor. So I don't drop it, really. No, but, when you spell it. Oh, when I'm writing it, sorry. God. <laughs> um, this is exactly what I mean about misunderstandings. Um, I use on the uh, on my laptop, it's set for American alphabet. Oh, so you cheat. So, no, that did it automatically for me mm. at the beginning, and now I do it. But if I'm writing to somebody in the UK, I still put the U in. 
Have you had any text message failures lately with your voice texting? I haven't, but I know somebody who has. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. I'm just trying to use voice text more because it to avoid the posture problems in my back and everything. I'm really having, I'm struggling on that front. So I've been using voice text and these people um, that we are very good friends with asked us to go to dinner one of the weekends this summer. And I meant to say, well, we have a lot of guests this summer, but when I press send and then Peter was like, she means guests. And I'm like, what did I write? And it said guests. We have a lot of guests (laughs) this weekend or this summer. And so I just, uh, very kindly said, I think she was talking about me rather than uh, having her take the blame. You might have heard another little laughter there. This is a real treat because I knew Peter was coming to the podcast, but an unexpected guest is my sister, Angie Perino Mayshock is here. Want to say hi? Hi, everybody. Oh, stronger voice, please. Oh, hi, everybody. There you go. I've never talked into one of these before. <laughs> one of these is called a what? A microphone. There you go. Mm-hmm. Very good. Let's use our words. Okay, that's right. You can't <laughs> see what I'm doing here. You could never guess who's the older sister, could you? Well, no. right, right. I, yeah, Godfeld makes fun of me because one time he asked me, one of the Facebook Friday questions on the five was, on what, what did you like to do you know, as soon as school was out for the summer? What did you like to play? And I said, school. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I I would make Angie play school. Um, So Angie's here for a quick little visit, so invited her here. This is um, going to be the season finale of this year's Everything Will Be Okay podcast season. I think it's been an amazing run. I can't believe all the great people we had a chance to talk to, uh, including, you know, Walker Hayes and J.T. Harding from Nashville. That was amazing. Uh, Maura Nielsen. Uh, I was a good friend who works in the beauty industry. And then you had all these crowd favorites from here, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Jimmy Fallon, Jesse Waters. And we started off with an interview or, well, a discussion with my Minute Mentoring co-founders, Jamie Zweibach and Dee Martin. And I was thrilled that that was so um, highly popular, got a lot of downloads. And so uh, today I just wanted to have Peter and Angie come because uh, without them, uh, I would not be able to do what I do or have written the book. Uh, and I learn a lot from Peter. And I just want to maybe get have a chance for people who listen to the podcast or might be new listeners to the podcast to hear about your approach because you're the most even-keeled person I know. It kind of is annoying, actually. <laughs> like um, everything else about me, Dana. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's true. But no, seriously... Um, one of the things about the difference between American and British English as a language is that I will say something like, I am so excited to go to dinner tonight. I say, and I'll say, aren't you excited? And he'll say, well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> as if he's, you know, he, he, his level to get too excited, I mean, is just, I, I don't know. I don't think I've actually ever seen you excited. Yes. Well, you know, the, um, the email that was going around, uh, when, some, when there was the uh, the terrorist attack in Britain, and they said, you know, they're uh, they're raising the the national alert from annoyed to mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> miffed or something like that. Uh, it, it's the British way; just tends to be a bit more calm. But that being said, I find that a lot of Americans are a lot calmer than Britons. A lot of Brits get quite animated at times, um, whereas Americans tend to be a bit calmer really? overall. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a bit of a misconception overall that uh, the the Brits are calm because they're not. Just look at the football hooligans <laughs> or halogens, as our friend once called them. I guess it's just your accent makes you sound like you're so calm, cool, and collected. Well, yes, um, Dana always says, "Don't lose your accent. It's all you've got going for oh, you." Oh yeah, like last weekend, we were playing tennis with another couple, and Peter twice tried to say something about the rules or like something happened or we were supposed to switch when we didn't and he was wrong both times but it still sounded like he was right but let's be honest when i'm with dana i'm always wrong yeah well that's true there's a the expression that if a man is in the woods 200 miles from anybody walking along and he's talking to himself is he still wrong every woman i know says yes peter are you trying out for some sort of like voiceover thing or something like <laughs> Yes, I am, actually. Pretty, he can <laughs> totally right. do a voiceover. I mean, he's got this radio. He, he has a fantastic voice, but all of a sudden I'm like, okay, is this like an audition? Well, no, because I'm speaking quietly into the microphone. That's true. That's you true, can, yes. That's, tell him but if anybody out there is looking for someone to do uh, audio books, I'm uh, <laughs> ready, willing, and able. Tell him about when you used to answer the phone. Oh, no, Dana. Yeah, that's no, so oh. funny. Okay, so I was. Uh, it was after my first marriage, and I was... Um, I don't know how to put it, making up for lost time. Oh, gosh. And, okay. Uh, not to get too graphic. When I, uh, I share, was sharing a house with a couple of other guys because I was poor as a church mouse. And um, where we used to sit watching the TV in the evening, I answered the phone. I was near, it was the, the landline days. This is pre-cell phone. And one of them pointed out once that I'd pick up the phone and uh, I can't remember the number, but it was shorter numbers in those days. And I'd say something like, hello, Maidenhead 54382. And then if they heard, oh, hello, they knew there was a woman on the phone and they said that was my woman on the phone voice. <laughs> so this is what Peter, this, you're doing a podcast and women, like, so I guess with I'm woman, doing on, a woman on a phone voice. voice. Yes, I guess so. Angie, when you first met Peter, did you like his accent? Oh, yeah. Did, I you, met Peter when I was really young. I yeah. think I was 21, 18, something like that. 21, 18. That's what this means. <laughs> 18 or 21, somewhere in there. <laughs> but yes, I absolutely loved his um accent and Peter and I we are very close we are I think you met when you were 20 yeah I want to say because we 20. all have met um 97 97 we met yeah 26 yeah. no 25 years ago this August 25 years ago August 17th better not month. forget more to come right after this from the Fox News Podcasts Network I'm Ben Dominich Fox News contributor and editor of the transom.com daily newsletter and I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week it's the Ben Dominich podcast subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com Peter what is the best piece of career advice you ever got get a job okay well i mean that's <laughs> yeah the not best very piece of career advice um actually podcast. that's a difficult question do something you enjoy was one of them um, you spend so much time at work, you should really do something that you enjoy. And then if you enjoy it, you're going to do it better. Uh, and you find you progress better by, uh, by do obviously by doing a better job. And you didn't really have a, well, you had a little bit of a plan and then that plan got thrown yes, out the window. that's right. So t maybe talk about that because in the book, and as especially coming out of COVID, a lot of people have decided, gosh, maybe I should do something different. And I'm really heartened by the number of new entrepreneurs in America. It's astounding. People mm -hmm. decided in COVID, well, maybe I could do this on my own. And the small business applications are way up. Yes, I originally thought, all my childhood, I thought I was going to have a career in the Air Force. I wanted to be a pilot. My best buddy and I, we both wanted the same. He went on to do it. Um, but uh, in the officer training, it just didn't work out with me. And um, 
You were a jokester. I was a jokester. I didn't take things seriously enough. And at the end, they decided I wasn't suitable material for Her Royal Majesty's Commission. <laughs> Come back in a couple of years when you've settled down, which I never did. Um, I went off. Meaning settle down or go back? <laughs> <laughs> I never went back. Did I settle down? I don't know. Um, yeah, so I actually took the opportunity to go and work in Germany before going back to college and then just ended up never going back to college and uh, got a career in sales. And it turned out to be something I could do. Then into you marketing. You say that everybody can do sales. Everybody, anybody who is capable of speaking to someone else can do sales. It's uh, um, the, the, there's a process. There's a sales process or process, as you would probably call it. Yeah, but um, but as long as you follow the process and do it properly, yes, um, selling is it's it's straightforward. And it's a great job. It can, I mean, if you can learn to do sales, you might love doing sales and stay in that your whole life. But it's great training for everything else. Well, yeah, and it's interesting that you know sales is involved in so many areas. Um, I remember years ago, a boss of mine who had worked in Japan was on an aeroplane between, I think, Korea and Tokyo or something, sat beside someone, they get talking, he said, what do you do? And the guy said, oh, I'm a salesman. Um, at the time, my friend, who's my boss, uh, Fred, was working for Johnson Johnson. It turned out they both worked for the same company. Uh, and it turned out the guy who described himself as a salesman was actually the CEO of Johnson & Johnson. Mm. But he still said, I'm a salesman. Um, because you've got to sell at some point. It's like the uh, Strife, that group, um, helping people get back into the workplace. Uh, I talked about the principle of sales because they have to sell themselves to get a job. Uh, people have to sell themselves to the girl that they uh, they have their eye on or guy, whatever. Um, so, you know, it's 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 something that goes on in life all the no, time. No, I like the one where you said that you have to sell your ideas to your kids. Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, like, I said, who here has kids? And a few put their hands up, and as soon as I started down that road, they were all nodding, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, got to sell it. So, yeah, I got into sales and ended up running a company in Europe, but, um, but then um, I met you, and started doing my own thing, uh, working with startup companies, and uh, but it was still very much sales. We met on an airplane. We met on an airplane. Wait, Angie, when you heard that, we were like, oh gosh, come on. What, the airplane? Well, that, that we met on an airplane. Oh, Did you I think? was just glad I got you to your flight on time that day. Oh my gosh, that's right. You guys, I almost made her late, and if I had made her late, then she and Peter would have never met. Yep, that's true. And that would have been awful. Because we misjudged how long it would take to get to the new Denver the new airport. airport. It was way further out than we. I had Anybody anticipated. Anybody who's ever been to DIA still to this day thinks it's way farther out than it needs to be. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is. It's pretty far out there. Yeah. It's like in tornado land. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well be in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Kansas. Yeah. Whatever. But yes, I'm glad you guys were able to meet. They were the last two on the plane. So, whew. Yes. Yes. You know what's interesting day. about that is that because we didn't have um, mobile devices at the time, you actually had a hardcover book. And if I had had my phone, would I have looked up? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's something that is missing from uh, people not wanting to come back to the office. Again, personal choice. Uh, you know, my feelings on that. I, But I do think socially... I don't understand how you do that just through a computer. I think you have to make yourself go to some events. And, you know, even like with 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 Peter, one of the things you'll find is that, Peter, don't take this the wrong way because you've actually, you know, this is a fact. Just factually, men don't make as many friends as they get older and they're not as in tune to making sure they make plans to do something with their guy friends. 
um, women are more likely to be the ones like, okay, everybody's going out on Saturday night and getting everyone together or getting all the girls together. Um, but you have really turned that around. I think in, I'm, I'm shocked. I never want to throw you a surprise party because we couldn't find, fit all those people in <laughs> our room. But you did. Dana I surprises did. me every birthday almost. This year, friends from California, uh, Alex and Anna, and then friends from South Carolina, Jeff and Tracy, turned up. That's true. It was a total surprise I, to su- Surprise parties are so hard. Here's my mentoring advice for the day. If you're going to have a surprise party... Just pack your patience because <laughs> it's difficult. It's so difficult, but it's also so worth it. But it's also, um, it depends who you're making the surprise for. It's very difficult to have a surprise for Dana because Dana's uh, so observant. I think that's the best oh, way to put it. Is that it. the way you want to put it? Yeah. <laughs> the Nosey. other thing was when we, when we had our vacation uh, on Dana's 30th, we went to uh, Budapest and then Paris. The birthday was actually in Paris. Dana didn't know where we were going. So she was asking a million questions. What do I wear? What's the weather going to be like? You know, will I know the language? And so I had to say, stop asking questions. Otherwise, you'll guess where we're going. So Dana packed for everything from Antarctica to (laughs) Singapore. And uh, we spent a couple of days in London first visiting my father who had been sick. And we get to Heathrow Airport and Dana still doesn't know where we're going. So I'm handing over the rental car and it's the days when you had to wait while the guy inspected it and then you signed the document. And the bus driver, the shuttle driver, came over, put the bags in and said to Dana in his London accent, which terminal, love? And Dana said, uh, I don't know. So he said, well, uh, which airline? And she said, I don't know. <laughs> so then he looked at her and he said, well, where are you going? And she said, I don't know. <laughs> and I could see the look on his face. I could imagine him going home that evening to his wife saying, oh, I had one of these bleeding Americans on my bus today and she didn't even know where she was going. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great memory. Yes. That was fun. Yeah, we've been able to do some travels together. Um, what to you is the most important part of supporting me in my career? Oh, that's a very good question. Thank you. I ask great questions. Uh, I cook well. <laughs> ish. Well, ish. Thank you. <laughs> um, he arranges well. I arrange well. It's just being uh, being available uh, whenever needed, if, if I possibly can. Uh, and because your career is so demanding, um, and mine is only in bits, I am usually able to fit around your requirements rather than mine. Now, it's not that wouldn't necessarily be impossible in certain other jobs that I'd had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look at the fact that gosh, I don't know how many years ago it was, we worked out that we had a a three-month period where we saw each other for 16 days. And that was when I said I won't travel for more than a week at a time. Uh, My clients complied and that was fine. If they hadn't, then it would have been tough luck, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, That made a big difference. It made a big difference. So, you know, we have to do things And then during COVID, we actually had fun. Even though you're really loud on the phone. (laughs) Yes, aren't we? Um, (laughs) So that was, uh, um, yeah, we had six months in the same house. Uh, the first time we've had six months where we haven't had a night apart and we still liked each yeah, other at that the was end great. of it. Yeah. It was really great. Um, what sort of advice do you give to people who are maybe thinking about a career change or a move, right? You've moved so many times to many different countries. Um, I think I think we're living in your 43rd address of your Something life. Something like that, yeah, 43rd mailing address. Um, now, a lot of people 
don't I, look if you don't want to move that's fine right there's yeah. a lot of reasons to stay near family or to move back to be nearer to family but what has traveling and moving around a lot brought to you both personally and professionally i think a very open mind uh, i've been very fortunate to travel to a lot of countries and not only gone there uh, but worked there with local people so, um, Tell people some of the places you've worked. Oh, everywhere from India, well, Southeast Asia, all over China, Central Asia, Middle East, South America, Europe. Saudi Arabia. I lived in Saudi for a year, yes. Yeah. Lived in Germany twice for two years each time. So uh, it gives you great insight into other people's lives. And uh, from my perspective, you know, going... Going to countries where I'm not on vacation, I, I've had the opportunity to see the real countries to some extent, and, and people are people all around the world, you know, wherever they may be, whatever their color, their creed, their religion, people are very much the same everywhere you go in, in many ways. I, I love that. And with regard to moving, it's, um, you know, it's, there's an awful lot of world out there. We should take the opportunity to see as much of it as possible. And, um, you know, what, I remember when I came out here with you, um, a friend of mine said to me, uh, I think you're very brave just going off to America. And we were married by that time. Um, but he said, yeah, I think you're very brave doing that, you know, just, just packing up and going out there. And um, obviously I was confident we were gonna, it was going to work out with us. But you know, the worst case scenario was, let's say something had gone wrong. I tuck my tail between my legs and I go back to the UK because, you know, I wouldn't have a visa at that time. Um, you know, what's the worst situation? It's like your situation with, with your business and, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, and President Bush said to you, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. And that uh, was what prompted you to start your own business. You also um, helped me in the book. Uh, you, well, you helped me with a particular moment that was very pivotal in our lives called the whiteboard incident. And it's helpful to people who read everything will be okay if they're trying to make a decision about something and they can't quite work it out in their head. You made us put it down on, on well, not paper, but on a whiteboard. Um, how did you do that? What was, what was the exercise? Well, we just looked at what the pros and cons were of, um, you know, where you were and what the opportunities were. You were looking at another job at the time as well. So we had three potential options. Uh, and we said, uh, the job you're in, what is it that you like about it? And there wasn't much. And what do you dislike? And there was about seven items, I think. So it, or maybe more. I think it came out as a negative seven score anyway. And then the uh, the second one, it was the job that you were looking at. And that came out at about a minus two. And then we just said anything in DC. And you'd worked in DC before, so you knew what you'd be looking at. And it was a positive score. So at that point, I said, it's a no-brainer. It's a very easy decision. Um, yeah, any decision, there's pluses and minuses. And it's not a mathematical equation because some minuses can count for mm -hmm. you know, an awful lot more than a couple of positives. But it reminds me of the, the pastor we were talking about who told us that many years before then he had the option of a really, really nice parish with lovely people and a, 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 an easy number or go to China as a missionary. And he was telling us this back in the late 90s. So I think it was, well, it was pre-Tiananmen Square. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he couldn't make up his mind, and he was talking to his brother, who was also a pastor, and he said, I'm just going to have to toss a coin. And his brother said, yeah, but before you do, just stop and think, because um, you really know which side of the coin you want 
mm-hmm. to come up. And he, he did, and he went to China. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we usually know there's a gut feeling in there. And, um, yeah, I, I think it, it is always good to balance it. But So yeah. you've lived in pla- you've traveled a lot in the world and been in places. When you think about uh, the, the promise of not just England, but of America and of freedom, and one of the things I talk about in the book is that if you are born in America and you are educated, the only thing you have to decide is how hard do you want to work and what do you want to do? Absolutely. And that difference is freedom. I mean, one of the reasons you wanted to come here to start your business was the American system. Yes, the American system made it much more easy. Uh, and, you know, it's, um, again, having traveled to a lot of countries... Uh, I I always used to say, when people say, what's the favorite country you've been to? I would say, without hesitation, South Africa. Uh, That wouldn't be the case now due to the political situation, which is such a shame. And the crime. And, you know, the the two are hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, uh, uh, here in the States, for all the, the downsides, the upsides outweigh it amazingly. And, you know, I look at some of the places, you, you go to India or Sri Lanka or a lot of places and the the poverty is unbelievable Africa some of the poverty we've seen in Africa um, so everything's relative and okay the other side of that is that when you're sitting in a in a not very nice home here with a low paying job and you see the guy drive by in his Mercedes and you know you think well he has and I don't but um, there is the opportunity there so many people by working hard can at least have a decent standard of living. You know, maybe, maybe they're not going to be driving a Mercedes and having a, a, a second home or whatever, but they can, they, they have food on the table every day and they, they have a reasonable standard of living. And relative to a lot of places, they have a very good standard of living. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back with more of this interview right after this. Um, some people are, well, look, 80, what was the number today? 87% of people polled in that New York Times poll said they think the country's going in the wrong direction. That's that's a lot. I mean, who are Especially. those 13%? Um, I mean, good good for you. But um, when, when you think about the future of the country, do you feel pos- positive about it or wary? I remain positive, but less positive than I was. Uh, less, I, I'm equally enthusiastic, but um, you know I see problems. But I think it's not just the United States. I think it's many places. You know, I read the English newspapers every day, and you see the, um, as I refer to them, the wokerati at work there as well, trying to destroy uh, or trying to eliminate a lot of history, and um, you can't undo it. You can learn from it. But if you try and block it and undo it, you know, what do they say, 1984 by George Orwell was meant to be a warning, not a, an instruction manual. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think there's issues, but it's a great country, and I think uh, I think we'll come through it. Want to give people your take on Boris Johnson? Really? Yes. <laughs> not impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, never have been. Um, I've always seen him as an opportunist. You know, every now and again, different countries have somebody who comes along and sees an opportunity and seizes it. Um, he was a reasonable journalist. He became mayor of London uh, partly because the person he was running against was a, a rabid socialist and people were fu- fed up of it, tired of it. 
And then he got into, uh, then became a member of parliament and, and saw the opportunity. And people voted for him because he was different. Well, they chose him because he was very different. Um, you know, I think if he'd uh, spent a bit more time listening to those around him, maybe a little bit less time trying to make his hair look like he hadn't done anything with it. <laughs> God, it annoys me. I don't, maybe because I'm bald. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, it's... The thing is, he was vote, he, he's in the Conservative Party and he is, his policies have not been Conservative. And a lot of people in the UK have been saying, well, now at least we'll have a chance to get back to Conservative values. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell people the first joke you ever told me? It's not politically correct enough to say on a podcast, is it? You can say it. I can yes. say it. Okay, yes. so I was sitting beside It's not Dana. mean. It's oh, it's not funny. mean, yeah. It's a play on words. And I have told it in India, so... Um, I was sitting on the plane beside Dana and we were talking and I'd been in India a couple of weeks before and Dana said, India? And I said, yes, uh, the British have very close ties with India. You know, uh, Gandhi's brother worked in London. And Dana, really? I said, yes. Uh, he worked at the Ritz Hotel in the, in the cloakroom. His name was Mahatma Coat. <laughs> and Dana still laughs at that to this day, <laughs> 25 years later. It's the best joke. It's really good. Do you know that Peter can remember every single joke he's ever been told and where he learned it. That's weird. You yeah. can't remember where I'm going to be in two hours, but you can remember those jokes? Yeah, I well, I often can't remember where you're going to be in two hours because you mentioned it in passing two weeks ago. And uh, <laughs> this, is, this is from the person who said, what country are you in? I've been in Korea for a week. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Is there look. a place you'd like to travel to you've never been? You know that that's that's a good question. I I don't know that the that there really is. Uh, probably Laos. I'd like to go to Laos and see Why? Angkor Wat. I'd like oh, to okay. see that. Um, I'd like to go back to countries I've been to: Vietnam, uh, Australia. Really want to have a trip to Australia with you. Um, but other than that, there's there's not really Croatia. Maybe I think I'd like to go to Croatia. I've heard very good things about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no other places. There's nowhere really does it for me that much. Angie, what about you? Do, is there any place you're dying to go? I would love to go see the Northern Lights. Okay. But I want to go like where you can really see them. So I think you got to go up north somewhere. Wait, so. Yeah, way like, up way north. Up like up Alaska north. or yeah. Norway. Yeah. Um, yes, Amy Fenton um, on America's Newsroom, she went... Um, Remember I sent you the pictures? Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, they re- and she said uh, over the week they started realizing where you needed to be exactly at what time. And she, she said it is just awe-inspiring. I would imagine. You like space. I really like space. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I, we I'm have- not interested at all. I know. I mean, I'm not. kind of interested. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sort of interested. Yeah, no, she's really not. It's okay. I liked pigs in space <laughs> on the Muppets. <laughs> but it just kind of leaves me cold. I'm not excited. I don't think I'm ever going to go live on Mars. I, I just... It doesn't... I won't live on Mars either. I like space, Do you think that there are UFOs? Yes. Do you think there's aliens? Do you think that we're not the only beings? We can't be the only beings out here. How the universe you... is huge. There's no way we're the only ones. <clears throat> no way. Peter? I agree with Angie. Um, I don't necessarily believe that what's been flying around here is, is necessarily sure. from yeah. another planet. I don't know. Uh, listen carefully, Paul Morrow, if you're listening. I'm <laughs> open-minded. I'm not a, a crazy UFO well, the, uh, believer. Well, the, the, the DOD has, a, has confirmed it. Yeah, they, they don't know what they are, they're but they're not, not confirming that they're from... from they, a, they also didn't confirm if it was made by DOD. Yeah, so we, we, don't, we don't know. But my view is that I'm open-minded. Uh, if 
something or somebody or whatever may be from another planet arrived and was identified as being from another planet, yes, I would be shocked. Everybody would be shocked. Mm -hmm. But would I be that surprised? I don't think so. I think I'd be pleasantly surprised. One day when Trace Gallagher was here filling in for Bill Hemmer, we were talking about sometime, uh, I guess, when he was growing up in California, I don't remember what decade this was. He said that they used to hear all these sonic booms off the coast and nobody knew what it was, but it turns out it was Area 51 stuff. Mm. But he didn't say, he he goes, you know, Area 52. And I looked, we're about to come back from commercial break, and I was like, I looked and said, Area 52? But I couldn't think of what the right number was. It was like 31. <laughs> and then I, then we realized, like, no, 51, 51. So then we were laughing. And I said, wouldn't it be hilarious to do a, to write a parody screenplay about Area 52? <laughs> which is good. where, like, all these people thought that they were going to get to go work on all the cool stuff on Area 51, but they're trapped in Area 52. <laughs> and it's like idiocracy. Come on, that's a great screenplay good, right there. Paul Morrow, idea. if you're listening, yes. will you write that up for me, please? I will say one of my favorite movies is Independence Day. I could watch that movie. What was that movie we went to time. that we were so upset and we walked out of the movie theater? It was on Arapahoe Road. We went and saw it. And it was the one where the, like, the asteroid's going to destroy the Earth and Morgan oh, yeah. Freeman's the yeah, president. Yeah. And Tia, Tia Leone was in it. Yeah, we, yeah. Stayed, we actually did stay to the end. But I hated that movie. Yeah, it was like Armageddon, but it was Deep Impact. I can't watch those. It things. was Deep Impact. Now, is it the Dollar Theater? I remember that. Yeah. Do they still have Dollar Theaters? I don't even know. Gosh, I haven't been to a movie theater in years. I know streaming has ruined us. Yes. But Hammer says we have to go see Top Gun at the theater. We can do that. Um, Peter, my last question for you is: When you, when you, what was your reaction when you first read the final draft of Everything Will Be Okay? I thought it was amazing. No, was, what, what did you say? Oh, that oh, wasn't what, what you first what said. I, did, I said to you and to Caroline, Dana's wonderful assistant, Caroline, I said, uh, man, you women, you overthink everything. <laughs> it's no wonder women can't sleep because they, uh, they, they lie in bed and they go over every conversation of the day. And then I said, women spend more time worrying about what men are thinking than the time men spend thinking. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Oh, absolutely. We're yeah. simple creatures. Yep. Yeah, food, alcohol, <laughs> the other thing. <laughs> and dogs. Sport, I mean sport. And dogs. And dogs, right. and dogs. yeah, that's it. Uh, How, how's it for you um, getting to know your new dog, Percy? He is wonderful. He's a delight. Uh, there isn't a day goes by that I don't laugh at him at least once an hour. He's so funny. He is funny. He's hilarious. He has a sense of humor, a sense of mischief, mm-hmm. and... Um, he, even at nine months, knows how to wrap both of us around his little paw. And he did very early. Yeah, he did. But it's worth it. He's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Well, you're wonderful. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Angie, thank you for being here. Thank you. Anything you want to tell America? No, I'm good. Keep listening. Really? Wait, Keep you, have a, you have a chance right now to say anything you want to America, and you're going to pass? Yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Hi, America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the only thing great. I would like to say to America is... Please go out and buy Dana Perino's books. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Hey, um, I'll be back for another season uh, in, not, in the not-too-distant future. Thank you for listening. Uh, you're amazing, and I love getting all of the feedback. So we'll be back soon. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. I'll see you next season. I'm Dana Perino. Everything will be okay.
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.